Welcome to Thrive, Building Resilient Families, Austin Child Guidance Center's first ever podcast. This podcast was created to normalize the challenges of parenthood and to provide parents and caregivers with strategies and support in their efforts to help their children to thrive in childhood and beyond. I am Kristen Pierce Freaky, the Executive Director of ACGC, and I'd like to introduce today's guest, Celeste the Therapist. Celeste Vissier, also known as Celeste the Therapist, is a renowned therapist, mental health advocate, best-selling author, and podcast host. She is frequently quoted by the media as a mental health expert, including the Washington Post, NBC News, Vice, Healthline, Bustle, and has appeared on TV One and Fox Soul TV. Celeste has been in the mental health field for almost 20 years and believes in the power of living a conscious life. She has dedicated her personal and professional endeavors to breaking the stigma surrounding mental and emotional health, especially in communities of color. Celeste the Therapist podcast streams on all podcasting platforms in over 100 countries and features guests who empower others in a variety of capacities. The goal of her podcast is to shift the way people think and to give people hope. The podcast averages over 200 downloads per day and has over 180,000 unique downloads. Celeste has been in private practice since 2015 and currently conducts her practice online full-time. She also speaks for organizations around the world, both corporate and nonprofit, about mental health and the importance of living intentionally. Welcome, Celeste. Really appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for having me. Um, So I just wanted to jump right in, if we could. Um, I know a lot of the work that you do is around shifting the way that your clients think. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm wondering, how is shifting one's mindset important to parenting, in your opinion? So I'm big on shifting the way you think. It's kind of uh, the the slogan I go by because I think a lot of times we get really stuck um, and a lot of times we feel stuck because of the way that we're thinking about things. Um, and as parents, and I'm also a parent, uh, as parents, you know, we come from a background. We have a family history, whether it's culture, our experiences um, that has shaped us. And sometimes we can be fixated on the way things are supposed to be. And um, we don't adjust to uh, what may work for our family dynamic. Um, So for parents, I think it's really important um, to just kind of like be open around adjusting to um, the needs of of your children, um, because sometimes what may have worked in the past may not work today. For sure. And every child is different. I wonder, do you have any suggestions or thoughts about, because, you know, not every person has that level of self-awareness. So Mm -hmm. are there kind of tips or things that you might recommend for folks to determine whether or not are they being rigid or are they kind of stuck? How can they do some kind of self-assessment to even determine whether or not they are more open or able to sort of make those kinds of adjustments or if they're just sort of doing things the way they've always done them or doing things the way that they were parented? Right. Uh, So that's that's a fully loaded question. And I think that uh, for parents, one of the things that I tell parents is to always like take care of yourself first. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when I'm caring for myself, when I'm practicing self-care, I can have more clarity when I'm dealing with my kids. Uh, so I think if we look at the situation, whatever it is that we're dealing with with our children or our family, uh, and see like what's working and what's not working, 
Um, and just be honest, it doesn't mean that we're bad parents. It doesn't mean that we're bad people. Um, and I think sometimes it's hard to, to look in the mirror, whether we're talking about with our kids or our spouse, and look at maybe it's the way that I, I said that, or maybe it's the way that I'm doing things. It's really hard to admit that. Our ego doesn't want us to admit that we are maybe the cause, but it doesn't make us bad, right? So I think for parents listening to this, um, you know, if something in your household isn't working well, like go back to the drawing board and be okay with asking questions. Um, you know, I grew up in an era where kids were to be seen and not heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, unfortunately, like that caused me a lot of harm, right? Like I think my emotional needs were never met. Um, and so I ended up internalizing a lot of things. And I think a lot of times parents don't understand the magnitude of uh, not having a child's emotional needs met, um, can how can it affect uh, their their life and the way they view life? Uh, so you know, my message to parents would be to be okay with just asking the question when things don't feel like they're going right, and mm-hmm. hear from your children. Sure, that's really important advice, and I think especially you know when you have a child that is experiencing some kind of distress or is symptomatic in some way. Do you, like, what do you recommend, I guess, for parents if they have a child and they're considering therapy or some kind of treatment for their child or for their family? Are there um, certain questions that you recommend that they ask or certain steps that you recommend that they take in terms of seeking out the right kind of treatment for their family member? Yeah, I I definitely would, uh, you know, I remember, I remember in the emergency room working with the family and, you know, recommending therapy for the teenager. And I remember the dad crying and, and he said, I don't understand. Like she has, you know, these Jordans and these, this, like he named a lot of material things that he had provided for her because he didn't have those things. And this dad did the best that he could. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a hard sell to talk about therapy because when he felt like he didn't do he did the he was doing the best that he could and two there's so much stigma around therapy uh and so i think for parents um being open um with um talking to the therapist if you are considering therapists talking to the therapist um letting them know your fears a big fear is are they going to be labeled crazy mm-hmm. uh and i think unfortunately that not getting your children the help they need early on Um, can affect them later on in life. And so what I tell parents is to think of it as if there was a wound on their hand. Um, You know, we would never allow a wound to go um, and allow it to keep growing and growing, right? And so literally that's what's happening mentally. Um, But the only difference is we can't see it as, you know, the effects are happening. Um, So for parents, like, be okay and be open with um, maybe... um, stepping outside of your comfort zone mm-hmm. um, and doing your research and know that mental health is just as important as physical health. I completely agree with you. Um, and I think that's really important advice. Um, are there, so again, here at Austin Child Guidance Center, you know, we're all about helping parents to advocate for their children and to support their children. Um, and one of the things that you do, I think you also talk about in your work is helping people to find their own voice in a world where we're all inundated with information and, you know, 24 hour news cycles and social media, and there's sort of a million voices and 
people, if you go looking, who, who are, you know, influencing and telling us things and how we should. So when it comes to um, our population, like, how do you recommend or do you have any recommendations for helping parents to help their children find their own voices when they're kind of in the midst of all of that? Yeah, you know, um, parents making sure you find your voice to be able to have the patience um, and tools to give to the children as they're trying to find their own voice. One of the things I, you know, my daughter's eight, I remember when she was five and she had this meltdown over not having cookies. Um, and so for like, you know, adults, it's like, well, what are you upset about, right? Like it's cookies, like we have other problems. But um, but when you think about it for a five-year-old, their problem is cookie. Like that's a big deal for them not being able to have extra cookies. Uh, so one of the things I, I talk to parents about is like, it's a different, it's a different ball game in 2021 than it was years ago, right? I didn't have social media. The people I compared myself to were the people that lived on my block. And we were all in the same socioeconomic status. Um, and now there's just so much pressure. And I understand that you may not know the pressure. I may not even begin to understand or grasp the pressure. Um, but I think it's important to be open to listening to, you know, what they have to say and, and be okay with saying, you know what, I don't get this. I don't understand what you're going through and you don't have to have all the answers. Um, I think, you know, that's why there's places like your organization and other organizations that can give you the education that you need. I mean, you know, unfortunately with the pandemic, a lot has happened, but a lot of positives with a lot of telehealth services and mm -hmm. online support groups. Uh, so, you know, if you are struggling with really understanding your child and um, trying to connect with them to help them find their voice, be okay with connecting with other parents uh, because something's going to click if you really immerse yourself and, um, and be open to um, understanding and not so fixated on, but it's just social media or it's just this, right? I could have, me saying it's just cookies, I, that wouldn't be fair to my five-year-old because she doesn't know bills. Why should she know bills? She's five. Um, so I think when we think about it that way, it can help us a little bit so that we can actually listen and hear our children. Really important. I think that's really important feedback. I wonder, you know, even before the pandemic, I had a sense just from our, you know, from clients here and also just in other work I've done that our society was kind of increasingly anxious and that both uh, the adults in society and then parents who were parenting their kind of children were just like a, a generation of a very anxious population of people and then add the pandemic on top of that and all the things that have happened in the last year plus. I'm curious, you know, when you, in your work, how do you talk to folks about managing their own anxiety? Because often anxious parents uh, have anxious kids and not because they're telling them obviously to be anxious, but children, you know, they're looking at us every minute, whether they're, you know, regardless of whether or not we're communicating verbally, they're paying attention. And so if you have an anxious parent, uh, often the children can be anxious. So I'm curious, like, what what are some of the strategies that you use to assist folks that are struggling that way? Yeah, I, I appreciate you for saying that, uh, That because I think people don't understand how much environment plays a role and what we, how we turn out. You know, uh, parents will say, don't smoke cigarettes and because it's bad for you, but smoke cigarettes and they're going to smoke it anyways. Uh, and I think when it comes to like the emotional 
um, things that we go through. It's not, no one would ever say, I want my child to feel the anxieties I feel, but because we're, you know, exhibiting the behaviors, they're, they're sucking them all in. Uh, so for people that struggle with the anxiety, the, the issue is like, you're um, dwelling on the past or worried about the future, like you're not in the moment. Um, being in the moment can feel hard, especially if you're not used to tapping into your emotions. And I think that's why people try to escape. Um, and so one of the things, especially when the pandemic started um, and the anxiety was really high for people, so many people didn't know, I didn't know what was going on. You know, I really um, honed in on the idea of like, let's just take it one day at a time. Let's look at this moment right now. What can I do in this moment? Um, and, and I think when we can actually get into the moment and a great way to try to like be more mindful and in the moment is by creating small habits with routines that you're already doing. Um, so one of the like good one of the easy ways is um, like shower in a shower mindfulness like tapping into your five senses that allows you to get into the moment during the shower where I'm not adding anything else to your routine. Um, I try to meet people where they are, and I know as parents it it can feel like you don't have any time, and I understand that. Uh, so really thinking about maybe if I get up ten minutes before I get the kids or when I. Uh, go to bed when they when I put the kids to bed. Let me take ten to fifteen minutes to check in with myself. How was today? How was I affected? What bothered me? What went well? Uh, and so that's one of the things you can do that doesn't cost any extra money, um, but it does require you being a, a little bit intentional about implementing it into your life. Um, and and so that may mean putting an alarm in your phone to make sure that you are checking in with yourself because the more power you have over your mind, the less likely your mind is going to run rampant and you're not going to feel like you're in control. The reason why we don't feel like we're in control of our lives is because we allow our mind to run rampant and there's so much happening in society. Um, so we we end up choosing to allow society to control our mind. Um, so the more you can get into the moment, the more peace you can have and the less anxiety you'll find yourself having. You know, I, I just, I really love that because uh, it makes me think of, you know, sort of little habits that um, even I kind of at different stressful times in my life, like little things can make a big difference, you know, like uh, listening to music on the radio when I'm carpooling, <laughs> that's calming and relaxing and, you know, um, or, you know, just small techniques, little things that help, you know, when, and, and, I used to do a lot of driving when my kids were younger. And so I spent a lot of time in the car and that was very helpful to me. And small things like that, I think to your point, can go a long way. Um, I know I often talk to people about, I know I am as a parent, you know, at night when things are quiet, you know, that's when a lot of lists are running through your head. It's when you're kind of thinking about all the things you didn't do today that you should have done or things that you need to do for the next day. And it's hard to turn that off sometimes. Um, and so again, I think, you know, using sound machines, audio books, you know, yeah. relaxing music, all of those things that will help you to turn off some of those thoughts. And I think as parents, the nice thing about these, th these techniques as we learn them is that we can then teach them to our kids. Yes. I love that. And, uh, and, and breathing is, is one that's um, easy. Some people are telling, I don't have an Apple watch, but some of my clients say their Apple watch actually will alert them to breathe. Mm -hmm. um, and even um, if my kids are overwhelming me, just so for my people don't think therapists, we don't, we're not human. <laughs> I'll take a deep breath. I'll say, and they'll go, Oh no, mommy's getting frustrated. Let's take a step back and let her have her time. <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah. like, be okay with like, like my kids know I'm human and they take a step back because they know they're frustrating me. And so I take my deep breath. <laughs> well, I mean, and that's, you know, that's a mindfulness moment, right? Yeah. And then, you know, you, you know, I'm sure that there are probably times where your kids join you in that, right? Because that's an opportunity for everybody to take a breath. And that's an mm -hmm. opportunity for everybody to kind of, you know, give themselves a minute to restart. Um, do you find in your work that there are some kind of common themes that seem to come up over and over with, uh, you know, either a certain population or a certain time of year, you know, or that that are um, things where you kind of, you just get a lot of, the details might be different, but thematically it's a, it's a similar kind of concern uh, as it relates to folks, especially those that have kids. Uh, you know, one thing I think that I see a lot is kids being worried about their kids and their future and just their exposure to things in life. Um, and I think that, you know, I always say to people, like, I'm surprised my kids can be away from me and I have peace because, you know, as much as I've seen all the work that I've done, um, it's a scary world out there. Um, and so that's one of those things where the anxiety is kind of warranted, right? Where it's like, oh yeah, like I know for sure things, bad things happen. I talk to these people. Yeah. So, um, you know, when those, that's one of the things that comes up a lot is the fear and, and, um, sometimes parents want to really shelter their kids. Um, and so I'm really big on talking about balance, um, and reminding even, you know, I, I have an autistic son and I remember like he, you know, was playing, I was in the park and I remember thinking like, oh, I want to like help him like connect. But then I'm like, I can't like be there every time. I'm not going to be there every time I have to sit and watch him. And, um, and that as a parent, it's hard to do that. Right. It's hard not to want to fight all of your children's battles. Um, but the importance of not doing that is you're giving them um, the tools that they need, because at some point they're not going to be in, under our care. And so this is the thing that I, I think one of the common things that I deal with with parents is just, you know, allowing them to, they're going to have to go through emotions. It's a part of life and I'm not ready for it. You know, I'm never ready for it. But um, what gives me peace is knowing that I'm giving them the tools to deal with life. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's really insightful too, because, and, and you know, I've told people like sometimes, parents uh, that I've sort of chatted with, you know, they feel like if they're not giving their kids every single thing or to your point, kind of fighting a lot of these battles for them that they're, you know, not doing enough for their kids. And what I try to do is reframe that. And I'm sometimes saying, well, you know, once sometimes the way that we learn is to feel the natural weight of the consequences of things that happen right and so i mean you know some mistakes within reason that it's okay to allow your kids to make or some you know it's allow them to struggle a little bit because that's how they learn but the other thing is that it's not necessarily the you know sometimes these are not things we're doing to our children it's things that we're doing for them right because that's how they learn we're providing teaching opportunities for them or we're giving them space to figure things out on their own so that they can learn these things and that's a gift right that better that it's us doing it as loving parents who kind of can create you know a safe environment for them to try something and maybe kind of not have success right away than someone else who's certainly not going to care about them, not going to love them in the same way that we do. Right. Um, I, I have, my kids are now young adults and I tell them all the time, you know, like nobody will ever love you like I do. 
right? So, you know, you're going to go out in the work environment and other places and people will care about you and you'll have friends and all of that. But like nobody will go to bat for you and support you like your parents, like your family, right? And so this is the space in which, you know, if you're going to make mistakes or if you're going to do things like I'm going to be the one who's going to kind of be the safety net and come get you, you know, you other people that you may meet along the way are not guaranteed to do that. And I think certainly when kids are younger, you know, that's, it's even more of an opportunity for parents to give them the space to, to sort of, to learn. Um, I know we only have a few minutes left. These, these podcasts always fly by, but I wanted to ask, you know, just any other kind of general reflections or things that you would want to share or things that you might say to kind of encourage or support parents who are struggling and worried about their kids and, um, you know, what kind of suggestions or recommendations or strategies you might share? Yeah, I guess I would kind of end it with, um, you know, have grace with yourself as you're trying. There's no rule book to life. Um, I think this parenting is hard. um, And I think that it's hard to be there for your kids if you are beating yourself up. and be okay with being open to new possibilities and trying new things, even if it's something that you've never heard of or you thought was the, uh, there was some stigma around it. Like, just be okay with being open to trying new things because at the end of the day, like, we all want what's best for our child. Um, and so that's important. Well, I think that's that's a great way to end it. Thank you so much. Yes. I hope that you'll come back again. Yes. Um, and uh, I've really enjoyed this conversation. And uh, we will um, be sure to um, direct folks to select the therapist to your own podcast. And uh, I just want to thank you for joining us today and for all the work that you're doing. I know you're doing a lot of work um, online and in, in other ways that allow people to, to access these services wherever they are. And I think that's really, really important, especially these days. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> It's been a great conversation here on the Thrive Building Resilient Families podcast. We hope you were able to listen a little, learn a lot, and leave with a better understanding of this important topic. You can follow Austin Child Guidance Center on Twitter and Instagram at ATX Child Guide and Facebook at Austin Child Guidance Center to stay updated with this podcast and other resources. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode, so stay tuned. Thank you for listening and thank you for prioritizing the mental health needs of your family. See you next time.